Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pujaza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today, we're talking about probiotics and how to choose the right probiotic strains for you. And as you know, there are a bazillion probiotics out there, different types of probiotics, different brands. And it can get confusing out there because you're looking at them and you're thinking, you know, okay, what strands do I need and how many, how many strands and what's the species? And, you know, it's, it can get overwhelming. And so I wanted to break it down kind of with some of the, the most helpful strains, what they're for and how to know when to use each one. So let's talk about this first and kind of breaking down when you're looking. So if you look at any bottle of probiotics, you're going to look at the background and you're going to, that's going to list all the different strains that are in there. And you're going to see a few different words, right? You're going to see some little identifiers. So there's the genus, right? This is kind of the broadest identifier. This is, this basically encompasses several different types of bacteria in the same general category, but with a lot of different characteristics and health benefits. And then you have the species, right? This gets a little bit more specific. And this is kind of all of the bacterial strains within a species have similar characteristics, but then just with kind of like just subtle differences between them. And then you have the strain. A specific strain is one type of bacteria. So all the bacteria identified within a strain carry out the same function in the body. So you see how it's possible to have so many billions of different types of bacteria in the body, right? Different probiotics in the body, different bacteria in the body. There's so many combinations of these. Some of the ones that you've probably seen the most are lactobacillus, there's the bifidobacterium, and then there's the saccharomyces. So those are probably the ones you've seen the most of, and those are the ones I'm going to speak to. There's a couple others I'll speak to, but I want to speak to those the most just because those are the ones that you're going to see the most, and they have the most benefits to the body, and they're the ones you're going to find in your probiotic supplements. So I'll start just kind of a broad overview. So the lactobacillus is mostly found in your small intestine and your vagina. The bifidobacteria is mostly found in the large intestine or your colon. Okay, so I want to break those two down and so we can see kind of the benefits of each. So lactobacillus bacteria are known for producing lactic acid and have been used for centuries in food processing, especially in to culture dairy and, and when you're fermenting foods at home like sauerkraut or miso, right? It's And it's in yogurt. So this is the ones we're going to see the most in because it, it produces lactic acid. So they're the production of lactic acid and then the other metabolites of that have really been linked to a lot of positive health effects. And that's why a lot of times you'll see so many different lactobacillus um, types in things like yogurt, right? And you have a lot of them in, if you've ever bought like a, a woman's probiotic supplement, you're going to have a lot of different lactobacillus strains in there. So they're important colonizers, like I mentioned, of the vagina, the digestive tract, the mouth, and some species have been linked with improved digestion of lactose and micronutrients. Um, they've been associated with reduced risk of antibiotic-associated diarrhea with vaginal infections. And so if you're someone who's prone to getting like UTIs or yeast infections, lactobacillus or just getting a good like women's probiotic supplement can be really helpful for that. 
Other health effects that lactobacillus has shown includes prevention and improvement of eczema in children and lower cholesterol levels and improved weight loss in terms of obesity. So there are a lot of really cool benefits of this specific strand. The supporting lactose digestion or the the milk sugar, the sugar that's in milk, um, regularity, healthy digestion, immune function, could even promote better sleep. All of these are shown in different studies on these specific types of the lactobacillus types. And so if we're looking, if we're breaking that down even more, I can break it down and I'm going to pronounce these the best that I can. So a lot of these are, um, it's a mouthful. So I'm going to break down a few of these specific ones. If you want to look for specific lactobacillus strains and what they're for. So there's lactobacillus acidophilus, and this one has been researched for decades, really for its health benefits. And this is what's commonly used in fermented milk products. And this specific strain, the, the lactobacillus acidophilus, this has been shown to have be effective in, against bacterial infections in the vagina and also has shown to suppress the growth of colon cancer in certain lab studies, which is pretty cool. Now, they do say that they need more studies and more research to, to show just how effective it is. But the fact that it's shown in multiple studies that it's suppressed colon cancers is a pretty big deal, in my opinion. And there's also some studies that have shown that this particular strain, the acidophilus one, can reduce cholesterol. So this is the one that has been shown to help with cholesterol levels. So then there's lactobacillus casei or casei, it's C-A-S-E-I, casei, right? This one is also used in fermenting foods. And some research out there shows that this could reduce the risk of antibiotic associated diarrhea and acute infectious diarrhea. This one is another one with acidophilus has been shown to suppress the growth of colon cancer. Again, we need more studies on that, but there are some strains of this one that is linked to reduction in colon cancer, but specifically with that antibiotic associated diarrhea. So this is why when, if, or when you were on antibiotics, you really want to look for a good strain of, or a, a good, um, probiotic with really, I would say, even though this specific one, the lactobacillus casei is is mentioned here specifically, I would say just getting a pretty broad lactobacillus probiotic supplement while you're on your antibiotics, because that's the one that's going to help with things like diarrhea and just, you know, weird bowel movements when you're on antibiotics. And of course you need it anyway to repopulate, but these specific lactobacillus ones are going to help with that. If you're prone to getting diarrhea and just kind of an upset stomach when you're on antibiotics. So there's a couple others I want to talk about the lactobacillus. There's the lactobacillus paracasei, and this also is used in in the fermentation process, right? And and like yogurt and things like that. But this one is the one that has shown a lower incidence of eczema in children. So if you have kids that have eczema, that are suffering from eczema, getting this paracasei, it's P-A-R-A-C-A-S-E-I, paracasei. This, This specific lactobacillus is what has been shown in studies to help with eczema in kids. And then it's also been shown some other kind of subspecies of this one in lessening bloating in patients with like IBS or IBD, right? So just helping with bloating. Then there's lactobacillus plantarum. This one is found in a lot of fermented foods. And and if you're fermenting, and if you listen to my episode I have coming out, I want to say, I want to say July maybe, um, about sauerkraut, making your own sauerkraut at home. We talk about this, but if, if you want to know how to do that, that honestly, that's the best way to get all of these plus billions of other strands of probiotics, because all, especially the lactobacillus ones, these are going to be in your fermented foods, especially when you're doing it yourself. 
But anyway, I digress. This particular one, so this is the Lactobacillus plantarum. This one has also been shown to reduce levels of cholesterol, total cholesterol and LDL. This has been shown to decrease IBS symptoms and can also help increase iron absorption. So helps your body absorb more iron. So that's a pretty cool benefit of that one. A couple of these here, there's the Lactobacillus ruteri or ruteri. I think it's ruteri though. Um, this one has a lot of health benefits. It, it, this has a lot of antibacterial effects and has been shown to protect against vaginal candida infection. So this is really beneficial for the vaginal microbiome. It's been shown to help with different um, digestive conditions like acute diarrhea. Um, it's even symptoms of colic in babies and IBS in kids and babies. It could help lower cholesterol. This is one of those though, um, the specific, lots of specific strains. And when I say specific strains, this is where you're going to see a bunch of like letters and numbers after you. So you'll see, you'll see the, the, it's usually, it may say lactobacillus. It might just have an L and you'll see ruteri and then you'll see a bunch of letters and numbers. So those are the different strains that's, they all have different benefits. So like one strain is the one that helps with the candida involved in vaginal yeast infections. And one specific strain helps with infectious diarrhea. And then there's one strain in some of the studies that show to help with total cholesterol and LDL. So each strain has specific benefits. There's even one strain of this particular one, the ruteri, that has shown to increase vitamin D levels, right? So there's a lot of cool things about these lactobacillus ones, but this one in particular is really important for vaginal health. So again, if you're prone to getting like yeast infections and stuff, this is the one you want to look for. Just a broad spectrum lactobacillus will do the job. So then one more here for lactobacillus is the rhamnosus. It's R-H-A-M, rhamnosus. And this one is related to a couple of the others that we just mentioned. And it's it's found in mostly in fermented dairy products. But this one really has some antifungal and antibacterial properties, especially in the vagina. So again, vaginal health, this one's really really important for vaginal health. This is another one that's been shown to lower incidence of eczema in children. And weight loss in women, specifically women, this is, I thought was a really interesting piece in this particular study or these actually multiple studies that showed, um, it helps with weight loss in women, but not men. So something about it that helps with women's, maybe it's because it helps with, you know, women's hormones and vaginal health, who knows? Um, and then there's this, there's a couple strands of this one, strains of this one that also helps fight GI pathogens and candida. And so it can help actually block the candides, candida species that can cause things like vaginal infections, like vaginosis or um, yeast infections. So again, kind of what I said before, because this one is mostly found in the small intestine and the vagina, that lactobacillus strands, all of these, these, this particular species, not strains, species, this is going to be the most helpful in your, you know, vaginal health and digestive health, helping with digestion. If you suffer with, you know, IBS, IBD, eczema, these are that these specific strains, um, species are going to be helpful for that. So let's move on to the bifidobacterium. So the bifidobacteria are really widespread in the intestines and they're in animals and humans. And this is interesting because they're the first colonizers of the infant gut microbiome. So this is what babies get first. Now, the there's a lot of benefits from the bifidobacteria and there's a lot of species and I'll, I'll talk through a handful of these species can help improve lactose digestion, reduce diarrhea, prevent diarrhea, reduce symptoms of IBS. And like some of the... Uh, lactobacillus species that can also help improve cholesterol and lipid levels. A lot of the bifidobacteria are present in breast milk, which is again, why 
this is like the first colonizers of the infant gut, which is why, you know, breast milk is so helpful for babies. And it does create kind of a, it helps enhance really like the intestinal barrier and protection against infection as, as a baby. And then as we get older, that can help play a role too. It helps with immune function, um, better response to stressors, help with things like bloating and constipation and mood regulation. So let's talk about a few of these specific types of bifidobacteria. So there's a bifidobacterium animalis and this is in mammals, right? So animals and humans. And there's a bunch of studies done on different strains of this one that showed significant decrease in total and LDL cholesterol. That's the bad cholesterol, right? And how also help improve constipation. This is one of the strains that also has shown to support the intestinal barrier, which can help with, you know, reduce pathogens in the gut and leaky gut situation. And if there's intestinal permeability going on when we're, when we're like reseeding the gut, this is one we want to include in there. And then there's bifidobacterium bifidum. This is one that studies have shown that it helps reduce or prevent colon cancer, like a couple of the lactobacillus ones that we talked about. But the main, some of the main benefits of this one is helping with symptoms of IBS, like bloating, constipation, diarrhea. Then there's bifidobacterium longum. Now, this one is mostly used for fermenting milk products. You're mostly going to find it in like yogurt and stuff. But Along with a couple other bifidobacteria species, it helps produce certain vitamins in the body. So it helps produce vitamin C, B1, B6, B12, and it can also strengthen the intestinal barrier and help against infection. This is another really important one for newborn babies and their gut microbiome and kind of building that kind of resiliency in the gut and with the intestinal or the mucosal barrier and really helps decrease intestinal inflammation and reduces the incidence of pathogens and, and at least, you know, pathogenic bacteria. And then we have the Saccharomyces. So this basically, this specific type is, it, it encompasses several species of yeast. And so I would say if you're someone who is dealing with um, like candida or a yeast infection, this isn't one that you want to take. Like you don't want to include this one in and you really have to read on there. So you definitely want to read what's in your probiotics. So if you're dealing with candida or I would say I have mixed feelings on if you're prone to candida, because I do think this one is, can be really helpful. And especially like, you know, with some of my clients, we're dealing with very specific pathogens. I have a whole Saccharomyces protocol where we do like really, really high doses of Saccharomyces and it basically helps kill off specific pathogens. So I don't want to say if you're prone to yeast infection or whatever, never take this, but just be mindful. But but it is um, it is a, a species of yeast, right? And so it can be found in the soil. It can be found in like plant material. It can be found in like in like the brewing process. Like it kind of comes up in the brewing process, and it's also found in the human GI tract. The yeast probiotic Saccharomyces boulardii is one of the most well studied studied probiotics around and really mainly for its use in GI disorders. And this is why, again, like I have a, I have a Saccharomyces protocol for specific, if you have specific gut pathogens and it literally kills them off. And the reason it's so, it's studied so widely is it has a better ability to survive high temperatures and low pH encountered in, in the GI tract than any other species. So it, it's just more resilient. So it can do its job a little bit better. And so, you know, I do want to reiterate that if you're, you know, if you have a yeast infection, if you have, if you're working through candida, and if you're immunocompromised, I would say if you're immunocompromised, a yeast-based probiotic is is probably best to be avoided, or if you're critically ill, just because, again, it, it does come from yeast, so we just have to be careful with that. Um, but 
with so many studies on this one, it has a lot of antipathogenic pathogenic effects. So with some specific strains of parasites and pathogens, I have a really strong uh, Saccharomyces boulardii protocol on that. Um, it can help with antibiotic associated diarrhea. And this is one of those, like, you know, if my kids haven't been on antibiotics that much, um, really only my daughter only once, and then my son only a couple of times, but this is one of the ones that I use. And, and I recommend for everybody, if you ever have to be on antibiotics, obviously you want to avoid them as much as possible, but sometimes it, it just, it gets to that point, especially with kids, you know, and, and that's the thing I, I want to say that about kids. Cause I know a lot of you listening are like me where you're like, oh, don't, you know, don't want my kids to take this or that or whatever. And the antibiotics are so, you know, they're so harsh, but especially with kids, you know, when they're little, I mean, really like, you know, younger than four or five or four, you just have to be careful because things can turn into other things real fast. And I say that from experience, if you know me at all, you know, last year we had a really big health scare with my son and we ended up in the hospital and he was on like heavy duty antibiotics for three days in the hospital. And it just, it just, Oh God, it just, it stressed me out to none other. Obviously the fact that he's in the hospital, but just knowing like, God, these antibiotics, I mean like heavy duty IV antibiotics or they're just so harsh. And we got home and, you know, two days later he was puking and just, it just, it was so harsh on his body. So my, my point is, you know, obviously we try to avoid them as much as possible when kids are so little, you know, sometimes we got to do what we got to do because they can turn, it can turn into something so serious, so quick. And so I, I just say that for you to have like, you know, grace with yourself and give yourself a little bit of breathing room that if you have to put your kids on antibiotics, like it, it is what it is. And now I, I don't think kids should be put on antibiotics for every sinus infection and stuff that they have. Once they get, honestly, I think it's past kind of past that age when their immune system is working a little bit better. I, I do think that they're overprescribed for things, but they do have their place. And if you do have to put your kids on antibiotics for whatever, you know, whatever it is in, in adults too, in kids and adults, it's not just kids. I just use that as an example um, because I, I use this on my son, but the, the Saccharomyces is a really good way to um, kind of repopulate and help kind of build that back up. And it helps with the, the symptoms, right? If, if they get diarrhea and just, you know, upset stomach, this can help too. So you, so what I like to do is find an antibiotic, not antibiotic, <laughs> find a probiotic that has the lactobacillus, because we talked about that and how a lot of the lactobacillus strands help with the, you know, antibiotic associated diarrhea and has the Saccharomyces boulardii, um, because it is going to help with that. It is resistant to most antibiotics. Again, this is a pretty strong, it's pretty strong dude here. So this one is pretty resilient. Um, it, the other thing that I like about it is that it helps with H. pylori infections. And so a lot of my clients have H. pylori and some evidence of H. pylori. And so if we can get in a good, um, Saccharomyces boulardii supplement for H. pylori, it can be really helpful. Um, there's other specific strains of Saccharomyces boulardii that have been shown to prevent gastroenteritis, um, and some other like severe GI things. So, so this one is a really powerful one, but again, there is some kind of like, um, uh, contraindicated populations for this one that we don't, you know, we just want to be careful. So all in all, if we're looking at just kind of summing this up, if you have any sort of like IBS symptoms, like constipation, bloating, right? The lactobacillus strains are going to be the best. And then a, that bifidobacterium animalis, that one's going to be good for constipation. 
Um, if you're looking for help with, you know, if you're on antibiotics or you're recovering from antibiotics, like kind of rebuilding after antibiotics, getting a good multi-strain lactobacillus with the Saccharomyces, as long as you don't have a yeast infection, you're not working through candida or you're not immunocompromised. If you're dealing with diarrhea, you want to look for a combination of the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, right? You want to do a combination of both of those. And then with stress and mood and mental conditions, I did mention this before, but there is a specific strain, um, species and strain of lactobacillus. It's the lactobacillus rhamnosus that was given in pregnancy and postpartum of symptoms of like postpartum depression and has been shown to help with postpartum depression and anxiety and that kind of postpartum period. So, you know, a good probiotic really can affect your mental health. And so I want to mention that too, that people dealing with anxiety and depression can really benefit from a good broad spectrum probiotic because there's so many benefits. And two, I encourage you to listen and and it's not out yet, but to stay tuned for the episode um, around, should be around July or August about sauerkraut. And you can do some research too. Um, you know, whether you're making it yourself or you're buying the real thing, but fermented foods are really such a great source of probiotics because you get such a broader scope. And, you know, when you're taking a probiotic in a pill or in a capsule or whatever, um, you know, you're limited to the strains and the species that are on there, but with, with, um, doing it yourself, like making it at home, which is actually really easy by the way, or buying it, you you can buy the, the sauerkraut or whatever you're getting so many more. You're getting like billions of little bacteria on one little piece of cabbage or whatever it is. So you really do get more when you're eating the fermented food. So I I am a fan of, you know, using probiotics where we need them. I am an even bigger fan of incorporating fermented foods into your diet, whether that's, you know, sauerkraut or tempeh is another one. Tempeh is fermented tofu, right? Tempeh is a good one. Yogurts, whether it's dairy or non-dairy, um, kombucha, just be careful with the kombucha because a lot of those are just like sugar traps and they're just full of sugar. So definitely read, you know, or make your own or just read the the, the label. Um, things like miso, things like pickles. Like if you make your own pickles, now granted, let me say this and we'll talk about this in the sauerkraut episode, but buying your pickles off the shelf, it is not the same as like the pickles, you have to read the back and the, if it has vinegar in it, then they're not fermented. So if you're making like making pickles yourself with like water, and salt, <laughs> or you're buying them in the refrigerated section that the ingredients are like cucumbers, water, and salt. That's the real way to do it. And those are actually fermented. So fermented foods are great for this. If you're looking for some tips on when you're buying your own. So I'm always a fan of the spore-based probiotics. So if you can find a spore-based, typically they can withstand kind of the, the environment of your stomach a little bit better so they can make it down to your GI tract. Because that's the thing, a lot of these probiotics, and I've actually had people argue with me before, <laughs> about this. And I'm like, you know, whatever you can do what you want to do, but about like taking the gummy probiotics or yeah, I mean, I guess probably just the gummies. And honestly, y'all the gummies don't work. Like don't take gummy probiotics. They just, they just don't work. They're not going to make it past your, your stomach. We we need them to make it past the stomach so they can get into your digestive tract. That's where they need to go. And so finding there's a lot of good brands out there that are spore based and we, we just want to be mindful of, you know, buying the cheap probiotics. Honestly, it's it's one of those I've talked about before about supplements where, you know, the cheap ones are cheap for a reason and they're really not working all that great. So you do want to spend a little bit more on probiotics to get a good one that's going to work. And I do think that the spore base work a little bit better. There's also a brand called Seed and 
this basically is supposedly, and, and I, I do believe it just based on kind of the science of how they make it, but it's one of the most effective ones because it has an inulin free prebiotic capsule that makes it past your stomach acid and gets hundred percent delivery to the gut. And so if you want to look it up, you can just get seed seed.com is the brand. It's literally S E E D. This is a really great brand. So I would, I would highly recommend looking at that. There's, there's some stuff out there talking about like how you can basically get dysbiosis from taking probiotics every day or like taking the same probiotics or the same kombucha or whatever. But really I think what my, my take on this, my philosophy on this is we want to get as much variety as possible. So I do try to rotate probiotics and like just recently, I just bought the same ones for my kids and I was like, oh dang, I meant to get another one. It's like rotating it for my kids. So if you rotate it, I would say every few months, just rotate it, try a new one. Um, I think that that's the best way to do it. And again, if you can get in fermented foods, that's going to be best. Um, the best way to like as insurance. So whether it's with kombucha or sauerkraut or, you know, whatever fermented foods is really going to be supportive for that. So hopefully this helps just kind of explain the ins and out of probiotics and how to pick which one and when and how it helps. Let me know if you have questions and I will see y'all next time. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.